Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. Some people, you sat down too quickly. Are you, t- are you tired? All right, rise up on your feet again. Hallelujah. And we are going to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Glory to God. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't, we don't know what y'all are doing. You get to do what you want to do, right? Praise the Lord. It will be as leadership of the Holy Ghost. But when we come to church, we say we've come to worship the Lord. So we come with all our energy. We can't give our energy to our jobs Amen. and to our children, our husbands, our wives, and anything and to, our, and to shopping or what takes our fancy to eating. And then when it comes to worshiping, we are too tired. Ain't gonna happen. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So I'm sure most of you are, if you, you, you'll be surprised that you are even better singers now because we have been exercising your vocal cords <laughs> with all the shouting we've been shouting. So, are you ready to do some shouting this morning? All right. Hallelujah. Be ready. Hallelujah. Glory to God. shouting i just saw us at least i saw myself i hardly watched the news but i just saw myself and they are reading news and i'm, I'm and, and they, are, they are giving the news and it's not very pleasant but i'm rejoicing listening to the news oh is that what they are saying hallelujah glory to god what's that dance they do because it doesn't change anything Sometimes the temperature of people's lives is determined by the externals. We can't have that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated this morning. God is good. One more. Glory to God. You know, one of the things that pull up Ecclesiastics 2.26, one of the things that we learned this week as we're talking about sonship, it's about the fact that God gives joy. Amen. Okay, before you, you go to Ecclesiastes 2 that we read, put up um, uh, Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, 11. Let's read from the Psalm of David. Hallelujah. All right, it says, Thou will show me the part of life, in thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. I don't know about you. I'm constantly in the presence of God. I'm constantly aware of the presence of God. And that's the reason why I don't allow anything that is unjoyful. I thought you were going to say amen. It should be true for you too, right? You don't allow it. We have the choice. So go back to Ecclesiastes 2.26. 
Ecclesiastes 2.26. Hallelujah. If there is anything that you have picked up this weekend, you've picked up many things. But at least for me, one of the things that I went away with is about the joy of sonship. The joy is a joy to be your father's son. Hey! You know, growing up, some people were ashamed of their parents. And that's a very bad thing. Very bad thing. The parents who gave you life and who brought you up with the little that they had. So some people, when they don't want their parents to come to school. They don't want their parents to show up because they don't, they're not going to like what their parents are. Maybe they are wearing, how they look. Everybody's just going to know that my, my, my mom is poor, my dad is poor. And they were ashamed. Not a good thing. Because without them, hallelujah, God, through them, God brought you. So it doesn't matter whether they can now. And it's interesting now that they've trained, some people, they trained them in school. And now they can speak better English than their parents. Now they are ashamed of them because they cannot put two sentences well together. That is from hell. Because a believer, a real believer is always thankful. Oh, thank you, Lord, for my parents. Hallelujah. Amen. Is this about parents? We're taking the offering. This is about the Lord. And one of the ways that you can show your honor for God is through your parents. Through, through those that are in authority over you. Through those that God has used to help you, to bless you. Amen. So the Bible says, For God give it to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge and joy. To the sinner he give it what? travail, to gather and to heap up, that he may give unto him that is good before God. Wow. This is vanity and vexation of spirit. Guys, like, what? God is giving, heaping up all these things, giving uh, travail of soul to the unrighteous, and then he's giving uh, all of it to the righteous. It's like, this is vexation. That's what's happening. People are vexed at us when we drive good cars, wear good clothes, we look good. You're like, you're supposed to be poor. Nah, 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 nah. Not going to happen. Our father is rich. And we are not ashamed to live like that. Why would we be? It doesn't make any sense, right? But anyway, the Bible says that he gives joy. And as I was looking at this, I said, if God gives me joy, then I should save him with some of that joy that he has given me in all things. I'm obligated to. And one of the things that I should do joyfully is to give. And so I, as I was listening this weekend, I was examining my giving. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Examining the way I give. Is my generosity a product of my joy? Or is my generosity, because they say we should be generous. Now it's good to be obedient. Praise the Lord. That, that, that's a very good place. But... It then just goes from just being obedient to he needs to get the, to the place of revelation and understanding. He says it gives knowledge, wisdom, and joy. And that's part of wisdom. To apply these things that God has given me joy, that means that when I'm giving, I should give it joyfully. So if there is any way, anything that is in my heart concerning giving to the Lord, I have to get rid of it. I have to destroy it because it's the enemy that is laying those thoughts. 
you can't give, you can't afford to give. And then causing you to be depressed, like, look, I don't have this. I don't have that. How can I give it? Give this. I can barely pay my bills. Yeah, the preacher wants to take the remaining one I have. God wants to take the remaining one I have. No. Praise the Lord. And there's another area of, let me just write this, this tight real quick, this often real, real, real quick. Let me just do it and not think about it. Because if I think about them, I get sad. Or I might change my mind. No, we need to get to a place where we can look at our money squarely. Look at it and say, How, what, what can I give? What is the best I can give to the Lord? And you know what I want to just mention? You know when we talk about giving, we say we give God the first and the best, right? Do you know the tithe is not necessarily what God is referring to as the best? Not necessarily. Now you could look at it like that. It's more of your offering. Because the tithe is already stipulated. And in those days when they were bringing their tithe, they would the sheep, because they did not have a bank account or a way of computing, like we do, and they didn't have like necessarily cash. So they would, they, they would cause the sheep to pass through, they would count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They would separate it, the tenth one. And they would keep passing, remove the tenth one. So if they have a hundred sheep, they're going to remove ten. Whatever comes out as the tenth one is what they are giving to God. And you all know that it's the good ones that are going to show up as 10. Because God is good. Hallelujah. So it's stipulated that it's the first 10. And the reason I brought that up is that somebody may look at their offering and their tithe and say, oh, my, my tithe is only $10. But in God's sight, it is awesome. It is precious because it is the 10th. That's what you have. You can't try to say somebody's tithe is $1,000, mine is 10 so you are despising your 10 No. You can't despise your 10 Your 10 is your 10 And it belongs to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now when it comes to your offering, you look for the best you can do out of that $100 to give to God. Now we've already established the fast the, here in Law Foundation that, hey, come on. New Covenant believers, we, do, we are definitely doing more than 10%. Because our covenant is based on better promises. So we do at least as our tithe. Praise the Lord. And so you, 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 you decide to give God a good seed with joy in your heart. So if, it's that, if it's your, 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 what, your income is $100, and I'm using just the barest minimum, praise the Lord that we can understand, $100, and, you, and you've given your 10%, then you look at what you can give above the 10%. Now, that would be your best. So you've given your tithe as the first, and then you bring out your best. And the Bible tells us that we should do it joyfully. Is it 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9? Let's put it up. 2 Corinthians 9. We'll read from verse 5, I think. Hallelujah. You know, money is a very significant part of our lives. Right? We walk a, we walk a lot. Some of us walk a lot for this thing. And it becomes an opportunity to say, Lord, even though I'm spending all this time, this thing doesn't have me. 
you have me. So I am not hesitant. I'm not afraid. I am not concerned about bringing you what I can bring you, what I have in my hand. Because you gave it to me anyway. Thank you, sir. So he says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they will go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before. Okay, put it in the New King James Version. Let's, I think that might sound a little simpler. Praise the Lord. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gifts. So that means some thought needs to be put into what you are giving God. Do you understand? You don't like you go to the store when you want to buy a birthday gift for somebody. You are thinking about the person, about like what do they like? Hallelujah. What would they appreciate at this time? Did you hear them say something? And, oh, I think they need X, Y, Z. I think I'm going to get that for them. You are putting some thought into what you are doing. And that is precious. Hallelujah. That's the reason why anytime anybody gives you anything, you rejoice at it. You don't know what went on behind the scenes, whether they put a lot of thought or not. But you'll be thankful because they just may have put a lot of thought. Now they may have missed it in terms of maybe giving you the wrong thing. Hallelujah. Like somebody gave me gummy worms one time. Some person not here. And I was like, gummy worms, Lord, help them to be led of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but guess what? I was thankful. Praise the Lord that I had something to share to people who eat gummy worms. You know that everything that comes to your hand is not necessarily, it could be your seed. Hallelujah. All right. It says, so where do we stop? We deal with everything. Okay. And it says that we may prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that ye may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he, who's, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Hallelujah. I believe this seriously. I believe it. I seriously believe it. I've seen it work in my life. Hallelujah. At the times I've dared to step out, shaking, because <laughs> I'm constantly stretching. Glory to God. And I'm, I'm stretching myself not based on pastor's revelation. Not based on any preacher's revelation that I had. I'm, I'm stretching myself based on the revelation I have received. Hallelujah. So when I'm doing it, I'm, not, I'm thinking about my relationship with God. Where I am with God. I'm not thinking about pastor's relationship with God. Or any other person. It's me and God. And I'm constantly stretching. Because guess who is getting built up? Me. It's not the person that was telling me about the tithe that would get built up. It's me. Hallelujah. It's not that person who is going to get blessed. Moi. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you all of these things because it's important that when you are doing this, because I know you all are awesome tithers. You know when we come up here and we are talking about these things, it's not because we are rebuking you about something, right? I don't go looking at people's tithes and offerings. I come and teach according to the word the word, the direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, it's good to, the reason I'm saying some of these things is that these are some of the things that I have gotten by revelation. I've learned in my walk with God as well. And it's based on the word of God. And I've seen how God has taken me from one level of glory to another. 
Because in my heart, I have, I have endeavored, like they would say, to eliminate any kind of doubt, any kind of thought, any kind of concern. And how do I eat? I get back in the word and I stay in the word and I stay in the word until that thing is gone. And the enemy, it's not like the enemy doesn't try to bring thoughts. But when you are anchored, you know when it says stronghold? Many times some people look at stronghold as just negative. But strongholds can be positive. I've built an endeavor every day when we come and look at the world, we are building a stronghold of faith. And our stronghold of faith must be built in every area of our lives. And we're talking about finances now. We really want to prosper God's way. We need to build a stronghold of faith for finances. Faith in giving. Faith in, in doing um, finances the way God says it should be done. Not what you think, not what maybe somebody said, not based on all of those things, not based on what the enemy is trying to tell you. What did God say? You sit and you base that, you, you, you build it on it so that it doesn't matter whether $1 million lands in your hand right now. You are so happy to give a hundred and something thousand or 200,000 even. Because some people are actually nervous when they see big money to bring out, tide is big now. Hallelujah. But that's not us because we are building a stronghold of faith in our finances. And it's causing us to not fear any lack. Because it's not just about you not lacking, you not fearing. Because some people will have a fat bank account, but they are still afraid. They are still afraid of lack. Some people make more, some people are making 50,000, 100,000 a year, but they are more afraid than some people making 20,000. Is this going to be enough? But for us as believers, no matter how much we have in our hands, we have no fear. Because God is not limited to, by this world's economy or currency. Once you have faith, you can move any mountain. You can get anything. You can go anywhere that God is saying you should go. So he says, so let everyone give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So God is into people, and we just read it. Okay, he says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have in all sufficiency. Do you believe this? Yeah. That you will always, I believe it, seriously, have all sufficiency in all things will abound to every good work. Whatever work God has called me to do, whatever he's saying, I will abound and excel in it. I will not lack anything. If, if it's wisdom I need, I have the wisdom. Amen. If it's the knowledge, the knowledge, I have it. If it's understanding, he will make me abound in it. Every good work. is liberating. It's liberating. To not be afraid. To know that God is on your side. And that everything you need is provided for. Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 26 verse 10. Okay, no, let's do Malachi first. We're talking about son. I might just round up with that. Malachi chapter 1. Read from verse 6 to 8. Hallelujah. We're talking about sonship and honor now. The Bible says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, 
Where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what have we despised your name? He says, you offer defiled food on my altar, but you say, in what way have we defiled you? The table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and seek, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Will he be pleased with you? Will he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts. Go back to 6. The Bible says that a son honors his father. Hallelujah. Now we are learning double things here. We talked about, started about talking with parents. God acknowledges and he says it to us, honor your father and your mother. He says a son acknowledges his father. Do you know that people sometimes honor their natural parents more than God? It ought not to be. We, are, we ought to honor our natural parents, but we ought to honor God even more. And because we honor God, we are able to honor our parents. Hallelujah. He says that a son honors his father. And we are learning that we are sons. So one of the things that we are learning when we think about this weekend, we talked about money. We, we are not carried away just by the things we are going to get. We are thinking about the fact that since I am a son, how am I honoring God with my finances? Is it burdensome or is it wearisome for me to bring back to God the things that he has given me? These are some of the things that we need to think about when we think about moving from servants to sons. And when I wasn't thinking about it, I thought about the fact that Adam went from son to servant because he did not honor God. But thank God. You know, when he went from son to servant, you know God called Adam son of God in scriptures. He went from son to servant because he didn't honor God. And that's what happens. That's what will happen. But what happened is that Jesus came. Adam put all of us there in servanthood. But Jesus came and brought us from servants and he took us to sons. Hallelujah. And we will not make the same mistake Adam made. We will honor God with our faith in him, in his word, in every area of our lives, in our decisions about who to marry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In our decisions about where to go, where not to go, what to do, what not. What is God calling me to do, Lord? I honor you. Sons honor their father. And one way that God has stipulated is in our giving. And that's the reason why we take the time to say, look, look, look. You have to bring to God your best. Bring to him the first. Don't go pay your hairdresser first. Don't go pay your whatever first and this first and that first. Bring to him. God is not nervous about you looking good. He's not nervous about you having stuff. But give him the honor that is due. Because I'm telling you that what happens many times is that when you give God, put God in his proper, proper place, it means that he can guide you out of danger. That's, that's his biggest thing. His biggest thing is that he can lead you aright. He can help you when you need help. You will hear him. He can bring you into where you ought to be. He can make you abound in everything at every time, having sufficiency in all things at all times. That's his biggest thing. But we have to stay connected. And this is one of the big ways. And God knows, we know that many times money is a big issue for some. Money is no longer a big issue for me. Money is just paper. 
just currency that we use here. Because when I want something, I'll ask myself, do I have faith for this thing? Because my faith can give me anything. It can give me things money can't buy. Because a person could go to the hospital and they say, sorry, we can't do anything for you. Aha, and you say, don't worry about it. I got faith. Faith can move mountains. Hallelujah. But we're not looking at that. We know that God is keeping us in divine health. We ain't going to hear those kind of things. But you get the point. Faith is the currency of believers. And we don't want to taint our faith. We don't want to taint our faith with, with, with oh, am I sure? Am I sure? I mean, I don't want to hear anything they have to say. They're just talking about money. Oh, oh, they're not talking about my money. I don't. You don't want to taint your faith because there are bigger things than money. So you want to make sure you have a clear conscience before God. And the enemy has no anchor, nothing to hold on to. The enemy can't tell me, oh, this thing you're going, to, going through now, you're not going to, you're, you're not, you didn't tie, you didn't, you didn't want, he can't, he can't come there and say that, what? When he's even, he's even trying to beat me and say, all this money you are giving, you could have been doing it with, what? he can't call, he can't use that against me. Hallelujah. Make sure that the weapon of money will not prosper in my life. He can't fashion any kind of weapon in that direction. But it's by choice. Because I have, I have said, money is not bigger than God. Jesus said, you can't save God and mammon. I said, I choose to save God, not mammon. So if mammon is trying to talk to me, to tell me withhold from my God, the one who has given me life, the one who has brought me out of obscurity, the one who has lifted me up and helped me and has healed me, I don't know, who has helped me have how many children, and I, they keep looking at me and say, girl, you have one? Then you think it's the money that I will now give preference to the way. And that's the same way we should look in our lives and be thankful. Put up Deuteronomy. Let's look at how to give our offering. When the, when the Bible tells, says, says that they, were, they, were, they went into the good land, Deuteronomy 26.10. You can read from verse 1 later. They went into this good land. And as they went into this place, God was giving them some instructions. You know, they're going to be blessed. They are blessed. All of these things. He says, now, now, behold, I have brought the first fruit. This is what you will say. Everything is so good. Start from nine. He said, you will say that when you are bringing your tithe, he will say he had, start from eight. So the Lord brought, <laughs> hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, everything is so good. Go back to 10. Let's just stay in 10. You go and read it back later. What he was telling them was that when they are bringing their, their money, that they should speak words. They should say things. And that's what we're talking about, the fact that you, you put thought into it. It doesn't have to be before people. When, when you receive your money, you receive that uh, uh, business deal and stuff like that, between you and God, you are saying some things. And even when you come and you are speaking over your check, your finances. So when we are saying these things in church, it's not because we are trying to be uh, funny. It's scripture. And God says here, he says that, you know what? Let's just read from verse 1. Go back to 1. Hallelujah. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. We've come into the inheritance of Christ, people. And you possess it and dwell in it. That you shall take some of the first 
of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God is giving you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is priest in those days and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give it. Hallelujah. For us it's so much better. We will say to God, Lord, you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. You have caused us to sit with you above, far above every principality, power, kingdoms, titles, dominion. Lord, you have made us Lord over all things. They couldn't say that. They, they only had this physical land and stuff. We have a better covenant, y'all. We have much to say when it comes to thanking God for stuff. He says, then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, my father was a Syrian about to perish. And he went down to Egypt and dwelt there. And that's some of the things I was telling you just now. That you look at your life and you say, look at me that X, Y, Z, this is where I was before. Look at me now. Hallelujah. People used to say to pastor, is this the person you are going to marry? Glory to God. All right. It says that whatever your situation is, you declare it. Amen. And he went down to Egypt and dwelt there. A few in number. There he became a great nation. Great, mighty, populous. You know, some of you may be like, ah, I started out cleaning floors. Cleaning bathrooms. I started out in this way. Now look at me. I'm a clerk. I'm a supervisor, I'm a manager, I'm a director, wherever you are, you remember where you are coming from. Oh, I started out with no job. He said, but the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then he cried out to the Lord, God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice, looked at our afflictions and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. Now I want to say something here. Many times when people are educated, they, they now begin to ascribe their success to their education. You want to beware. When people are connected, they now want to ascribe their, their whatever they have, their success with the person that helped them. They forget that God is the one that gives favor. He's the one that places people in places that they will be able to help you. We must always remember. Whatever we have in our hand, God is the one that has given us. He says he has brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice. In every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. You see, God, God says that he's, he's not just content with you bringing it. He says you shall rejoice. He says you shall rejoice. And when you have finished laying aside all the tide of your increase in the third year, the year of Titan, and have... Now, this place, you, somebody will be like, year of Titan, the third year... They had all kinds of tithes. We've talked about it here before, if you can remember. Praise the Lord. They had the tithes of, of the third year. They had the tithes of... They, 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 let me tell you, the major work of the priest was to take money. Offerings. That was his major work. 
Hallelujah. God is so good. So let us come before him with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Let's rise upon our feet this morning. How many sons do we have in the house? Are you joyful to give? All right. Glory to God. This morning, I want you to say, I want you to say something as you hold your seed. I know we have all been, we have, we've been practicing this. Take a minute. Think about where you are. Think about where you are coming from, where God has brought you to. Think about the things that you, you've known now that you never knew before in scriptures, the way you understand scriptures. There's so many things to think about and thank God for. Think about the fact that he put food on your table, clothes on your back, a house to leave. That you have friends, you have a family, a church like this to fellowship. You have a good word coming forth. You have breath in your nostrils. There's so much, Lord, we can thank you for. And as we come as a church, as individuals, we get rid of every, every obstacle in our hearts that try to cause us to want to hold back anything from you. We give you freely. We give you generously. Because you have been better to us than we can ever give you in the natural. Everything we have to give to you, you gave to us. And so we, we, we come to you not grudgingly or of necessity. We come to you as sons who understand the Father. We come to you with joy and honor to bring you glory. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you. As we give, we 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 are thankful that you receive it of our hands because we know from scriptures that it's not every gift that you receive. But we have faith that you're receiving ours because we are giving it in faith and in joy and in our love for you. We are giving you the best that we have at this point. And we say to you be all the glory, to you be all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 1130 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.